0: I'm so honored to be the proclaimer for today for the United Methodist Women. Let's put our hands together for girl power. (laughs) I also want to thank all of you, Stockbridge First and Andy, Claire, the staff, the community, for how wonderful you have been to me over this last school year. It has been an amazingly transformative year, and I am so grateful and thankful to have had this time to share with you. So thank you for your power. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But let us go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for another beautiful day We thank you that you are alive in us and around us, above us and directing us, protecting us, providing for us. Dwell in the space with us now, Lord God. Holy Spirit, let your word preach what you want to say. I am just the vessel. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We're gonna to go to the text. If you have your Bibles, we are going to go to a very familiar passage. Since we are talking about women, let's find some women in the Bible to talk about. <laughs> we're going to go to Luke chapter 8. It will be on the screens, but if you have your Bibles, we're in Luke chapter 8, starting with verse 40. And I'm going to read the entire pericope of scripture. Now, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. Just then there came a man named Jairus, a leader of the synagogue. He fell at Jesus's feet and begged him to come to his house. For he had only one daughter, about 12 years old, who was dying. As he went, the crowds pressed in on him. And there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. And though she spent all that she had on physicians, no one could cure her. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his clothes. And immediately her hemorrhage stopped. Then Jesus asked, who touched me? When all denied it. Peter said, Master, the crowd surround you and press in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I noticed that power had gone out from me. When the woman saw that she could not remain hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. He said to her, Daughter, Your faith has made you well, go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone came from the leader's house to say, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher any longer. When Jesus heard this, he replied, do not fear, only believe and she will be saved. When he came to the house, he did not allow anyone to enter with him except Peter, John, and James and the child's father and mother. They were all weeping and wailing for her But he said, do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and called out, child, get up. Her spirit returned, and she got up at once. Then he directed them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astounded, but he ordered them to tell no one what happened. The word of God for the people of God. For the last few weeks, we've been learning about the kingdom of God. Dwayne and Andy using parables that Jesus used taught us how at his coming, he turned the world upside down. When thinking about the United Methodist Women's North Georgia Conference theme for 2018, the theme is bold and confident. God showed me how these two themes work together. We have to be bold when we are moving up, and we have to be confident when we are feeling down. Bold and confident. Say bold Bold. and confident. Let's begin with the text. The first thing that we notice is that these women have no names. They are nameless. They are only identified by their issue. There is a woman with an issue of blood and Jairus' daughter, one who is connected to her father, who is in fact dying. Their identity is solely wrapped up in their issues, in their stress, in their drama, in their tragedy, in the hard things, in the sad things, in the bad things. They are nameless. They are only known by what is wrong. This text has two sides. There is an account of the individual and there's also a higher messianic message. The higher messianic message is this. The little girl represents the children of Israel. The children of Israel were waiting for their Messiah and here he was. But they were dying because they were not accepting. The woman that is hemorrhaging represents the Gentiles, ones who see Christ for who he was and was willing to take the risk and reach out. High level, messianic message. But let's go deeper into the individual women. Now you all know this story. How many of you have heard this story about the woman with the issue of blood and Jairus' daughter? Perfect. So you know that the Levitical laws said that when a woman had her monthly cycle, she was unclean. Now this wasn't just unclean as we know it. This is, you can't touch her, you can't. she can't sit on furniture, she can't lay on the bed. If she sat on a chair, the chair was unclean. The chair had to be destroyed. She sat on the bed, the bed had to be destroyed. If you touched her, you had to have a ritual purification. So it was a lot of work to have this person in your presence. So they are sent outside of the camp, outside of the wall, and out there, or other people who have leprosy and different things of this nature. So this woman went out one day and remained out for 12 years. My daughter and I had a conversation about this morning. She's 16 years old, and she wasn't familiar with the story, which I don't understand that because we're talking about Jesus all the time. But she wasn't familiar with the story. I said, you're 16. Imagine how you feel every month. Feeling like that every day for 12 years, emotionally, psychologically, physically. And you can't come back home until you're 28 years old. This woman may have had a family, may have had a husband, may have had children. And you know, at first I'm sure there were visits. But after time, I'm sure that that decreased. So it wasn't just that she was unclean. She had low self-worth after a while of being labeled, you begin to believe what people say about you, that you are unclean, that you are worthless, that you are not worthy, that we don't want to be around you, that there is something wrong with you, that your identity has become the thing that has kept you sad and alone. But in the kingdom of God, how can you be bold and confident and deal with these situations? Because let's be honest, we're not the woman with the issue of blood, but we all have our own set of issues. So how do we, in the kingdom of God, be bold and confident? So let's go back to the perils, parables. The first Dwayne talked about the parable of the mustard seed. Y'all remember that? He talked about the parable of mustard, excellent. That's an A right there. <laughs> The mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds that exists, but it grows to be one of the largest trees in any type of garden environment. Jesus turned the world upside down because the way the world works and thinks is not how the kingdom of God operates. So using the parable of the mustard seed, we have to first understand some differences. The difference between small faith. And little faith there is a difference between small faith and little faith in Matthew 17 a boy is possessed by a demon at this time Jesus has given his disciples the power to cast out demons but they couldn't do it they said well master why couldn't we do it and in one breath Jesus said because you have little faith but if you have faith as small as the size of a mustard seed You can tell a mountain to move from here to there and it shall be removed. Well, Jesus, how is that possible? You say I have little faith, but I need small faith. So here's the difference. In chapter 8 of Matthew, remember the story where Jesus calms the storm. The disciples and he go into a boat. Jesus takes his pillow. I love that. Jesus takes his cushion, his pillow, And the winds begin to blow there on the Sea of Galilee. And as soon as the winds start to blow, they say, Master, Master, care you not that we perish? Jesus stands up. He says, peace be still. And he says, ye of little faith. Why? Because when you have mustard seed faith, when you have small faith, that means that everything you are and everything you believe and everything you know about Christ You believe it with everything you've got. That is small faith. Little faith is you've been walking with the Lord for 20 years. You've been working in the church for 30. You've been a believer for 10. You start attending here for five years. And even in walking with Jesus and talking with Jesus and seeing him as a healer and seeing him as a protector and seeing him as a provider and seeing him as a way maker, when a storm comes, you like, care not that I perish. Oh, ye of little faith. Small faith is, I believe all of it with all that I am. The disciples had walked with Jesus for three years and still didn't believe. In the kingdom of God, small faith is allowed. Little faith is mental assent. Mental assent says, I agree with God. I agree with the words. I totally agree with what he says, but you don't believe. I believe not in God, but I agree with God. And there's a difference. So the first difference, Using the parable of the mustard seed is knowing in the kingdom of God, small faith versus little faith. The next will turn to the parable of the treasure and the parable of the merchant. To be bold and confident in the kingdom of God, you have to remember this parable. Andy taught that there were treasures hidden. Do you all remember this? That's another A. Andy, that's another A right there. (laughs) they are buried treasures, and some people would forget where they buried the treasure, and others would find it. So for some, they were looking for treasure, as with the parable of the merchant, they are searching for treasure. And the other, they were hidden. They would just find them. So there's a difference between acting and waiting. So the second thing that you have to understand about living in the kingdom of God is knowing when to act on Jesus and when to wait on Jesus. I find it a little troublesome when people say that the woman with the issue of blood was desperate. They say that she was so desperate because of her ailment and so desperate because of what was happening to her that she did not care about being unclean and stepping out. But I say that she was bold. She didn't say well, oh my gosh, I heard Jesus was coming through. Let me try to go out here. I've tried everything else. No, she made a declarative, bold statement and said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, then I will be made whole. She made the decision before she even walked out. The woman with the issue of blood acted on Jesus. Jairus' daughter had to wait on Jesus. But just so that you understand what I'm saying, that she acted with boldness. Jesus was a holy man, so he would have been wearing what was called a talit gadol, would have been a long robe. This is a prayer shawl. This is the modern day version. So he would have been walking and these are seats. It represented respecting, honor, honoring, and keeping the Torah commandments. So When the woman with the issue of blood had determined that she was going to meet Jesus, she didn't grab a hem the way we think of him. She grabbed a string. This is the fringe of his garment. She said, if I could touch a fringe of his garment, I will be made whole. This woman took a string and snatched healing virtue power out of the Lord. And this is the only place in the Bible where we see this. Jesus goes through and he lays hand on everyone. Here's the time where someone lays hand and grabs him. That is boldness. That is being bowled up. But we also have to wait. We have to know when to act on Jesus when to wait on Jesus. Now I'm going to tell you right now, I don't like waiting. <laughs> I mean, who likes waiting? Is there anyone that actually likes the waiting part? I don't like the waiting part. But it reminds me of a child. How many of you have grandchildren? Who has grandchildren or children? Have you ever seen a child with a toy and then they say, ooh, mom, ooh, dad, ooh, grandma, ooh, grandpa, can I have the new G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip next year for my birthday? Or they'll say, ooh, next year, can you get me a puppy? Or when I'm 16, Can I get a car or 18? What does a child do when you say yes? You say yes, you can have a puppy on your next birthday. They say yes! I can have a puppy! I can have a puppy! Why do they start cheering? Because for the child there is no difference and no distance between the promise and the fulfillment. They begin to dance and cheer because the moment that you say they can have the puppy, it's done. They can have the puppy. Even if they don't see it, they believe it. Jairus asked Jesus to go with him to heal his daughter. Jesus physically walked to heal his daughter. But from the moment Jesus said he would go, that girl was already risen. She was already risen because of the promise. Waiting requires standing on the promise. And we hate it because that's where the work is. That's where the development of the fruits of the spirit take place. And that is not always fun. But I'm going to tell you what I did with with looking at this text and waiting. I circled every word that has something to do with time and waiting. And the words were then Immediately, at once, suddenly, all of a sudden, just then, immediately, at once. You have to be confident in the waiting because as soon as your waiting period is over, at once it's coming. Immediately, it's following your wait. And if you are not confident in the waiting, you will miss the opportunity to be bold. If you are not confident, in the time that you have to be still, when Jesus is passing by, you might not be bold enough to catch him. So we have to know when to act on Jesus and when to wait on Jesus. And then lastly, using the parable of the wine skins, Andy taught us that we cannot put New wine and old wine scans. There has to be a change. You have to, I have to, believe in the change, embrace for the change. One of my classmates last year, my first year I interned at a hospital as a chaplain, and it was very challenging work. And one of my classmates was in a small group session. He was crying. He said, you know, Shari, I completely, totally believe in God. I just don't believe in me. But when we've approached and had an encounter with Jesus, we have to believe beyond belief. In the Mark version of this story, after she is healed, Jesus turns to her and says, Go and be healed. Now, why would Jesus say go and be healed if she were already healed? Because it is instantaneous and progressive at the same time. She was instantly healed, but now she had to be healed and live into her change. She had to live past feeling nameless. She had to live past feeling loveless she had to live past being alone and being sad she had to not just be healed in the instant but she had to live in the being of healed the second thing is you have got to brace for change when we were in Lent we talked about John remember the story of the man who was looking to be healed at the pool of Bethsaida do y'all remember that it's another A right there. I tell you, they, everybody's listening and they know what's going on. <laughs> the, the waters are being troubled. For 30 years, he waited. Finally, Jesus says, hey, do you want to be healed? Yes. Well, pick up your mat and go. And the moment he picked up his mat, people didn't say, oh, my gosh, Stanley. <laughs> you're walking. They said, hey, you're not supposed to be carrying a mat on the Sabbath. You have to believe in, live into your change, but you need to brace for your change because everybody that knows you may not be comfortable with the changed you. Some people need you to be dysfunctional for their own dysfunction. Some people need you to be nameless. (laughs) Some people need you to feel worthless. But here's the thing. When you have an encounter with Jesus and in the kingdom of God, you can be bold and confident because Jesus gives you a name. When the woman touched him, he said, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. When he went to see Jairus' daughter, he said, Child, get up. In the kingdom of God, you are a daughter and the son of a living God you do not have to live and be and exist as sorrow as loneliness you are more than your circumstances you are not lonely you are not the name of silence and sorrow and pain and suffering or cancer or ailments or weakness or loss or death or strife or addiction you are a child of a king You have a name. In the kingdom of God, Jesus came to turn the world upside down, but for us and all those who have an encounter with Jesus to turn our lives right side up. Amen. 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 going to open up the altar for prayer as I close. I invite you to come to pray and think about in what ways does our faith need to go from little to small? In what ways do we need to learn how to act on God? and be confident in waiting on God. How do we need to be bold? And how do we need to be confident? In what ways do we need immediate healing? And in what ways do we need to be progressively healed and live out our healing? I invite you to pray with me. Gracious God, you are the creator of all things. You know the needs of each and every person in this room, their households, their families. You watch over us, to protect us, walk in front of us, to lead us, go behind us to shield us and around us to provide for us. We ask that you touch and heal everyone in this room and even our members who are battling health afflictions We ask that you bless them, heal them, touch them, let everything in their bodies function the way in which you designed them to function. And not just bodies, Lord God, we ask that you heal minds and mindsets, heal depressions and grieving, heal loneliness and sorrow, Remind us that we are not nameless, but we are dynamically, wonderfully, creatively made in your image and in your likeness. Answer the prayers of those things known and unknown, said and unsaid. Watch over us from things that are seen and unseen. Give us mustard seed type powerful faith. Let us not have mental assent. Let us not just agree with you let us know you and truly believe and then lord make us bold and confident in being able to act on your faith and your direction and lord give us confidence in the periods that we have to wait longer than we feel that we can endure and finally lord allow us to live into complete healing and complete wholeness knowing that you are in charge and that all things work together for our good. We thank you, we love you, we praise you, we honor you because we know we have seen the testimonies, we have heard the testimonies, and we have seen those who have gone before us that cloud of witnesses that testify to your power and strength. We will be bold and confident and give you all of the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.